Wow. Cornerstone. I was going to have us sing that chorus again, but Sarah beat us to it and said one more time, so uh, we'll go with something else. Uh, Let there be light. And she pressed the buttons twice, and there was light. Well, good morning, y'all. How you doing? How's your hope meter? Kind of high? You feeling a little, little hopeful today? You're, uh, yeah, well, we are because we're Niners fans today, but what about you Cowboys fans? You feeling the hope? I don't like the Niners either. I just want to share that with you. I Really, but my team is so low on the hope meter that they're trying to get sold. I'm a Washington Commanders fan. Because when I was a kid, they were the only team that was going to the Super Bowl, and my San Diego Chargers were not. (laughs) So then San Diego defected to Los Angeles, and that ended that love affair. So last week, Pastor David, oh, I forgot, forgot my sock show. Um, You know, every week I have to show you my socks. My grandkids didn't make it this morning, but I am wearing the socks they gave me for Christmas, and um, they are book-themed. So we've got books going. I am a book fanatic. Always have one or two going and changing them out as fast as I can so I can get on to the next book. Last week, Pastor David uh, kicked off our three-part series on three things remain, faith, hope, and love. And he talked about faith. And as he was preaching, I was like, yo, PD, back it up. You're getting close to hope. That's mine. (laughs) Yeah, getting, getting into my sermon territory now, but he did a marvelous job, and the reason why we chose to do this three-part series is because the Bible puts them together quite a lot, and he put them together in 1 Corinthians 13, and three things will always remain, faith, hope, and love. So this morning, we're going to look at hope, and as I was thinking about it a few weeks ago, I was trying to figure out, <clears throat> what is hope? You know, it's kind of an amorphous thing. At least it is to me. I, I know when I feel it, but how do you describe it, let alone preach on it? There's a lot of verses on it, but how do you describe hope? So I started asking people everywhere I met, went uh, to what they thought hope was. So I asked my family. Family said it's not necessarily on earth. We hope for something in heaven in the future. What is to come? Positive anticipation. My grandson said, want to see you soon, hope to see you soon, looking forward. And then my granddaughter gave me one that kind of took my breath away, to be honest. She said, hope is to keep going, be brave, and look forward. And I went, there's a seven-year-old who knows what hope is. Then I asked my Sunday morning uh, Bible study, the one that Carmela was talking about, that I'm going to be looking at a worldview starting in two weeks. But um, is, they said it's a wish for something to come to pass. It's a strong feeling. It's something that is going to happen. We're confident something is going to happen and hanging on. Then I asked a woman who I've been discipling off and on over the years, Ellen Reyes, and she says it's contentment despite the circumstances. And that one kind of hit me. I mean, we were up at the pie shop up in, you know, Marble Falls, and 
That lemon meringue got a little bit more tang when I heard that one. Contentment, despite the circumstances. Then I asked my women's Bible study, which meets on Thursdays, optimism because of God. One woman said, prayer. And because if you're praying, you're hoping. You have hope. If you can muster out a prayer, you have hope. You may think you're devoid of it, but crying out to God shows that we have hope in something bigger than us, greater than us. Amy Carroll sent me a, a quote that said, and it's the author's unknown, said, hope is like a bird that senses the dawn and carefully starts to sing while it is still dark. I thought that was really good. Good old Webster said, to expect with confidence, and then in capital letters, trust. Expect with confidence, and then trust. And C.S. Lewis finally said, a continually a continual looking forward to the eternal world. Continually looking forward, continually reaching out. But don't so focus on the, the, the eternal world that you're of no earthly good here and now. Spread that hope here and now. So our passage today is taken from a section of the Psalms called the Psalms of Ascent. And these Psalms include uh, Psalms 120 and 134. Another way to look at them are uh, Psalms of Discipleship. They were most likely sung in sequence. So you'd start at 120 and you'd get to 130 and then you'd start all over again and start with 120. Um, There's a wonderful book on these Psalms called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And I thought that was, the title alone made me read the book, but it's very, very good. So um, they would sing these songs as they went up the road to Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was the highest point in Palestine. And they would go up there three times a year for the holy days. And they would sing these songs and remind themselves of who God was and, and remind the people around them of who God was and who God is and how There is hope for our soul because of who he is and what he's doing. And here in uh, Psalm 130, we're going to kind of get a a little picture of what hope is. And I I found three things that I learned in this psalm, and I'm going to share them with you today. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits.